Welcome to Motherhood Behind the Scenes. I'm Jennifer Norris-Hale with Mission Motherhood, and today my guest is a very special woman um, to me and to the Indiana region. Um, she does a lot of work and advocacy for moms in our state, and I'm just very honored to have her. Um, she's a mom, but she's not just a mom. She's a wife. Um, she has her doctorate in psychology. She has, in 2019, she was the ambassador of the year for 2020 mom. Um, and in my opinion, she's the mom of the year every year. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we met just through our passion for maternal mental health and advocacy. And I'm just always inspired by her and her story. Um, today, our guest is Dr. Corey Hess. So th thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I brought you here um, just to kind of share your story and your journey of, you know, what got you to being so passionate about the work that you're doing. Currently, you are um, working in an integrated behavioral health um, program and building a maternal, maternal mental health center for for mothers um, and it's so needed, such a rare find in our uh, state. Um, and you're on the Indiana State Maternal Health Task Force as well, which has recently started. Um, so it's just an honor to have you here to, to share your journey, um, to give you the space, uh, because it hasn't been easy. <laughs> um, and to, to let other moms know um, that it's just, that their, their journey is just as valid. Um, it can lead you in so many directions. Um, and so, yeah, why don't you go ahead and, you know, give us the, the rundown. I know you always wanted to be a mom yes. as well. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Yeah, um, so motherhood was something I always dreamed about. I was the type of little girl who had a million dolls in their little beds and I would change their clothes every day <laughs> and I just always wanted to be a mom. Um, I had a great mom. Uh, she had me when she was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And so I guess in my mind, I always thought I would have kids early in life, although she had kind of encouraged me to wait. Mm -hmm. um, and I did follow her advice. Um, but when I did get to the point where I was ready to start a family, mm -hmm. um, I was really eager mm -hmm. to, to, to do that. And so, um, my husband and I, we got married in 2013. Okay. And pretty much right away, I wanted to, to start trying. Mm -hmm. And I was pretty naive about just the whole process of conceiving and mm -hmm. pregnancy. Because <laughs> it happens so quickly for yeah, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was just easy, you know, yeah, like, yeah. let's have a baby, okay. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, that was not our going to be our journey so uh, it took us um we just struggled in yeah. general to conceive and um i you know didn't really have anybody to talk to mm -hmm. about it yeah um so we were kind of struggling just the two of us yeah. not really knowing what to do and nobody really talks about it in general or at least even at that point they weren't talking about it yeah openly yeah um yeah finding the support that you needed or right. expressing with family. Right. And so after about um, two years of trying, 
Um, you know, I started to have conversations with my doctor about what, what are some options, what are some things we could try. Um, and so we, we tried a few things, but then we came to the point where we were going to be moving mm -hmm. and I was going to need to pr switch medical providers. And mm -hmm. so um, we kind of put things on hold for the time being. And um, then we moved to California from Indiana. My husband was completing his doctoral internship. And uh, spontaneously when we got there, I found out I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. And we were just so excited. Uh, the timing seemed perfect and we kind of felt like, okay, things are finally falling into place mm -hmm. for us. Um, and you know, we made an appointment to go see the doctor, and uh, I was about 10 weeks before I could get that appointment. Okay. Um, we went to that appointment, and it just really didn't go as expected. Mm -hmm. um, the doctor did the ultrasound, and she started asking us about dates, and she was saying, well, you're earlier, you know, you're not as far along as I was expecting. Um, based on the dates, you said, is it possible that maybe you conceived later than you think? And I just didn't really know much, yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, well, maybe, I don't, I don't think so, but mm -hmm. it's possible. So she didn't really give me a ton of information. Okay. She just said, how about you come back next week, we'll make yeah. you another appointment. And then that, that whole time you're thinking, well, I'm still pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And planning and preparing. Yes. And, and we were getting really excited, mm -hmm. and you know, we um, had told our families, mm -hmm. and we were really, really, really happy. Yeah. Um, and then in between that appointment and the next appointment, I started bleeding a little bit, um, but it wasn't a lot. And so I was concerned, but I wasn't, I still thought everything was gonna work out okay. Um, so I'd gone into the doctor again, and that's the point at which I learned that it wasn't a viable pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And I remember those words, viable pregnancy, because I, I just didn't totally understand what that meant. Yeah. You know, I just assumed a pregnancy meant we were having a baby. Mm -hmm. And so then I I figured out what that meant. Mm -hmm. And I was just... How did you figure out? Did you go to the... I mean, did you have to do your research? Did you... Well, I mean, you obviously know. Yeah. <laughs> you, you learn, but um, was it through talking, you know, understanding what had happened? Was it through talking with your doctors or doing more research on your own? Unfortunately, it was more research on my mm -hmm. own. My doctors really didn't give me a ton of information. Yeah. Um, or support you through after? No, no. There was no support in terms mm -hmm. of um, just my emotional wellness. Mm -hmm. There was pretty much sole focus on my physical health mm -hmm. and giving me options mm -hmm. about what to do moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, and so they gave me the option to take some medication because I was early enough along and I said, okay, I'll do that. Um, and again, they didn't really give me a lot of information. I didn't really know what to expect. Mm -hmm. And so I turned to the internet uh -huh. <laughs> to get most of my information. Yeah, um, as we all do. Yes. <laughs> and you know, th that was helpful just to read other people's experiences. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, it was devastating and I was pretty depressed yeah. for quite a while after we lost the baby. When you shared with your family, were they, like obviously they were supportive, but did they know kind of how to help talk they to you? They didn't. Yeah. No one in my family had really gone through anything like that. Mm -hmm. And they 
were really supportive in the sense that they, you know, they sent us flowers <laughs> and, you know, did the things that you do when there's a loss. Yeah. But it just, it felt very different and they didn't really know how, what to say. Mm -hmm. And inadvertently things were said that were not helpful. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just very isolating. And I think my partner also didn't really know yeah. how to respond or what to do. And, yeah. and even to deal with it in his own capacity as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, the support, the support for dads or partners is also, you know, very lacking or even misunderstood at this point. Oh yeah, point. absolutely. So you experienced the loss, still kind of isolated and working through it um, on your own. Yeah. Um, and then you were able to get pregnant again. Yes. Okay. So we got pregnant again. We had our loss in October okay. of um, it was 2015, and then in February I got pregnant again and ended up losing that pregnancy as well. Okay. Although it was much earlier on and it um, it happened more like you would think of a pregnancy loss happening. Mm -hmm. My first loss was what they call a missed miscarriage. Okay. So my body still thought I was pregnant. Okay. Um, whereas the second time around, you know, I, I, there was no medical intervention really mm -hmm. needed mm -hmm. afterwards. Um, but so at that point, I, was really scared mm -hmm. just thinking you know we're never going to be able to have mm -hmm. kids what's mm -hmm. going on why is this happening so uh, I expressed my concerns to the doctor and didn't really get the support I wanted or needed mm -hmm. and I really had to push and advocate for myself to get uh, a referral to right. a specialist and at that point, where were you in your like studies and yeah. like kind of your career? Yeah, so I was in the second year of my doctoral program. Okay. And it was kind of a unique situation because my husband and I both completed our doctorates through the same program. Okay. When he, when it was time for him to go on internship, I was still in the program. We didn't want to do a long distance relationship. Okay. And so, the program we were in was really supportive mm -hmm. and they allowed me to go with him and do a lot of my coursework virtually, okay. which at the time wasn't really a thing. A I mean, now that we're <laughs> post COVID, people do that all the time, but this was very, very new mm -hmm. and it was, it was an exception that they were making at okay. the time. Um, awesome. But I really appreciated it. Yeah. Although at the same time I was isolated mm -hmm. from all that support mm -hmm. as well. And it was really hard just to juggle and balance school with the loss and right. navigating that whole process. There's no time to kind of like pause and yeah. gather yourself. Yeah. Um, although we do the best we can. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you were, so like kind of like thinking about it as well and going through this, and we've talked about this, but mm -hmm. even as someone with a, having a doctoral degree that you're experiencing the isolation, you're experiencing the anxiety, but it's hard to reflect that on yourself. Yes. So a lot of moms are hard on themselves because they can't recognize depression or they can't recognize the changes in themselves. Yeah. And then layering on maybe that you were, could identify it in others, but it's hard to identify it in yourself. Oh yeah. Um, just that it's so common as a woman and as a mom. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. And I actually did seek out therapy at that time. Okay. Unfortunately, I found that I had a hard time finding a therapist who 
I could connect with mm -hmm. around the loss. Okay. I think I went through three wow. before I found a person who I felt like was had the knowledge and was kind of giving me what I needed. Okay. Um, so that that was just another challenge on mm -hmm. top of everything else I was I was dealing with. Okay. And then I finally did get a referral to a specialist from okay. my doctor, okay. and they did some tests. They found that I had a a small polyp on my uterus, mm -hmm. and they did a procedure to remove that. And then pretty soon after, I got pregnant with my son, my first okay. son, Alex. And so at that point, we were cautiously optimistic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I think when you are pregnant after loss, it, and I, you know, I've said this before, I think it just kind of robs you of the joy of mm -hmm. that pregnancy experience mm -hmm. because it's hard to get excited. Mm -hmm. There's just too much anxiety there. And so I definitely struggled with that. Um, I think once I got into my second trimester, I felt better because my losses had been early. And so I started to have more hope that we were gonna take a baby home. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, my son was born, everything went great. Um, he was perfect and um, I was really happy, but I still had so much anxiety. Yeah. Just resulting from the loss and you know, everything we'd gone through and then just being a mom, mm -hmm. there were so many pieces that I didn't expect. Right. And um, yeah, again, I just didn't recognize the signs of anxiety myself, yeah. you and know. This, this was in 2015? This was in, he was born in May of 2017. 2017, okay. Yeah. And, and I just referenced that because of still how fresh these conversations and as much as we try to advocate for, this is just five years ago. Yeah. You know, this isn't something that's like 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, it's still very fresh and very, uh, with a lot of work to be done. Yes, um, absolutely. And so, you know, why you being an advocate and, can, you know, sharing your story is so important in all the work that you do. Yeah. Um, so you had your son and you're still kind of layered into the, the throes of motherhood and yeah. <laughs> everything that comes with it. Yeah. And I think it was really hard just juggling that with being in a doctoral program that was mm -hmm. very demanding mm -hmm. and trying to find that balance. Um, and I did take longer to complete my program than the rest of the people who were in my cohort just okay. because of everything that had gone on. And I chose to take extra time, which I'm really glad that I did. Yeah. Um, just to adjust to everything. And so, it, you know, I, I struggled with anxiety after my son was born for probably about a year mm -hmm. before I actually sought out help for that and recognized like, I don't think this is just what it, like motherhood. Right. <laughs> I think this is more. Similarly, yeah. You're just like, I guess this is being a mom, all the all the loudness in my head yeah. that wasn't there before. Now I need to kind of, you know, compartmentalize work and being a mom and deal with these, you know, trying to process a thought. Yeah. Um, so anxiety, and especially if you don't have a background, uh, you know, in general, not having a background in mental health or just mental awareness or Instagram influencers to kind right. of identify, you know, what anxiety might look like as yeah. a for a new mom. Yeah. So, well, I had all the resources at my yeah. disposal <laughs> and yet no one really talked to me about it mm -hmm. as far as my providers, yeah. you know, it wasn't a topic that really came up yeah. in conversation. And um, as I started to realize what was happening for me personally, then I started to look at it from this other point of view, like, well, why, 
wasn't there more attention mm -hmm. paid to my mental health? Mm -hmm. And started to ask those questions. And that's when my interest, I think, first started to um, shift into the maternal mental health realm Yeah, was at that point. So I know, so you had your, you had your son and then you kind of started thinking about having your second son yes. or another, another baby. Yeah. Sorry to spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but in between there, in between there, you have an, you have, ex you experienced, um, such an, ex a traumatic experience in, again on that journey. Mm -hmm. Um, would you mind to share that as yeah, well? Yeah. Yeah. So after my first son was born, um, you know, we, we knew we wanted to have another one. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, you know, when he turned one, we started thinking like, okay, maybe it's time to, to try again. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I kind of thought all of our troubles were behind us right. because, you know, we went through so much to conceive my son, but they had identified a problem. Mm -hmm. And after they fixed the problem, we got pregnant with him and were successful. So mm -hmm. I thought, okay, moving forward, we shouldn't have any more issues. Mm -hmm. So I got pregnant pretty much right away after we decided, okay, let's do this. And we were just so happy. And mm -hmm. it seemed like everything was finally come, falling into place yet again. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, we announced our family. We got this big brother shirt <laughs> for my son. And I remember we flew back to Massachusetts where my family lives. and. Everyone was just so happy for us. Mm -hmm. And um, after that trip, we came home and I remember I started bleeding a little bit. And I, I kind of went into a panic, mm -hmm. I remember, when, when that happened. Um, so, you know, I called my doctor and had gone in for an appointment. And this was still pretty early on in my pregnancy. And so I went in and she said, you know, well, um, we don't see a heartbeat, but it also still looks like you're pretty early on. So mm -hmm. let's have you come back in a week. Okay. And so that was just triggering yeah. all my thoughts again. about what happened the first time. Yeah. And I thought, oh my gosh, we're gonna go have to go through this again. Mm -hmm. And so we went back and um, again, things were kind of on the fence. And I feel like she gave me some hope, like, well, let's just come back next week mm -hmm. and we'll see. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like I was getting just dragged, dragged through the mud. Mm -hmm. um, so we went back the following week and at that point she was like, I'm really sorry, I think, I don't think this is a viable pregnancy. Mm -hmm. um, and we, you know, I was sad, but at the same time I'd gone through this before. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like, well, at least I know what to expect this time. Okay. Um, and, so I opted to take the medication because I'd done that before. Yeah. And um, it didn't work the first time. Mm -hmm. So I called the doctor. She told me, you know, take another round. Um, so I did. And then things were starting to happen. I was at home. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I... I noticed that I was just bleeding a lot more than I had the first time mm -hmm. and something didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, you know, it got to the point where I couldn't stand up without just, bleeding. without getting too much into the gory details. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there was a lot of blood. Um, and so I said to my husband, let's 
we need to go to the hospital. Something's mm-hmm. wrong. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay. But I wasn't, at that point, I don't know, I, I wasn't super panicked for mm-hmm. some reason. I was just very casual about Something it. Something must be off Yeah, here. I was like, this isn't right. Let's, let's go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was trying to figure out how to get to the hospital because I couldn't stand up without yeah. it just being a mess. So we tried to, like, wrap me in towels as best as we could mm-hmm. and get me in the car and then... You know, the hospital's five minutes from our house, luckily. Okay. So um, we grabbed my son, we drove over there, got to the ER, um, and they got he got me a wheelchair and brought me in. And, um, you know, at that point, I was still just bleeding a lot. And I was trying to tell them, you know, mm-hmm. I'm bleeding a lot. This is what's happening. I'm having a pregnancy loss. I know I'm having a pregnancy loss. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah. You know, this is what's going on. So they took me back into a room. And, you know, put me on a table <laughs> and put this blanket over me. Mm-hmm. And I could just feel the blood just kept, it was coming and coming and coming. And I kept trying to convey that, like, mm-hmm. something's really wrong. And nobody was checking at that point either. Yeah. They're just, you're just saying, like, this is happening and nobody's even checking yeah. to make sure that yep. at what capacity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so part of that was reassuring to me because mm-hmm. I thought, okay, it must not be that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I, I was worried because nothing like this had ever happened to me before. Mm-hmm. So the doctor came in and he said, you know, I need to check to make sure you're really having a miscarriage. And I was like, nice. and that was, at that point I felt like, well, why doesn't he believe me? Like what else would yeah. it be? Yeah. And so I started to get frustrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and he finally looked and saw and said, oh my gosh, that is a lot of blood. And I said, I know, I've been trying to tell you that. And so he like ran off, um, and went to get someone from OB who could better assess the situation, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, um, finally they came down and, you know, by the time that doctor, had come in, I had lost so much blood that I was starting to just not feel mm-hmm. well. And was your husband and child still with you at that point, or had they, were they no, were separate? They, they had actually gone home. I told okay. my husband after they got me in a room, I said, why don't you just take Alex home? Mm-hmm. It was getting late, mm-hmm. um, and we lived five minutes away, yeah. so I thought, you can just come back and get me whenever this is done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, meanwhile, I guess I didn't at that point, I didn't know the severity mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. And so um, by the time the OB came in, I had lost so much blood that I ended up going into hypovolemic shock. And they were talking about they needed to do surgery. And I remember things that were happening at that time. But like, I just remember they kept asking me, what'd you eat for dinner? And like, I couldn't remember. Okay. And I like, couldn't even get the words out. It was like, my brain was not working. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really started to get scared. Like, what's happening? Am I, am I dying? Mm-hmm. What's, what's going to happen? Yeah. And you're asking, you're like verbalizing this too, right? Yes. They're yeah. And they weren't really reassuring me necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I remember going into a trauma room and I remember seeing like up on the wall the word trauma mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's when I really started panicking wow. like oh my gosh wh- I'm dying yeah like and at that point I don't know who that's someone called my husband mm-hmm. to come back mm-hmm. and I remember being in the trauma room and my husband and my son came in and I 
I honestly had the thought, like, this is the last time I'm going to see them. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I'm dying right now. And I was kind of in and out. Like, I, I remember what was happening. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, uh, it, was, it was just a very strange experience. Was your husband as well in that, in that moment? Did he understand the severity? He didn't. Okay. When he came in to talk to me, um, they were giving me the blood transfusion. And mm -hmm. so I guess like the color had come back into my face and I was talking to him. Mm -hmm. Although it's hard to remember all the details of what was said right. for me. Yeah. I just remember being really scared. Okay. Um, and he said, I'm going to come back when you're done, like with the surgery. Okay. Um, and I said, okay. And then they took me into surgery. I came out of surgery. I woke up. I was alone. Mm -hmm. My husband wasn't there. You didn't have your cell phone. I didn't have my cell phone. phone. It had died. And so I'm trying to figure out how to reach my husband to come back. And yeah. I couldn't get a hold of him. Um, they had put me in the cardiac unit. I don't know why. And I was still breastfeeding my son at the time. So they brought a breast pump into the room for me because I asked for it. I mm -hmm. said I was getting uncomfortable. I said, do you? Do you have something I could use? Mm -hmm. So then people assumed I had just given birth mm -hmm. and um, was there for some other complication. So mm -hmm. people started asking me about, about that. Um, I just remember being really scared and not being able to get in touch with anybody. And nobody coming to check on in a way that is a compassionate, <laughs> yeah. you know, other than congratulations on the birth of your yeah. child. Yeah. Which just made things even worse. Yes, absolutely. Um, so finally I did get a hold of my husband and was trying to explain to him what had happened. Mm -hmm. And my son was asleep at that point. And so I was like, just, just come in the morning. I'm just going to try to go to sleep and come in the morning. And so they came and, you know, we went home. And it kind of just felt like a really bad dream, mm -hmm. the whole experience. And I didn't really know how to process it. Um, Did anyone tell you what had occurred or what was the result of what had happened? No, not Even really. Even like, I mean, in hindsight now, like? Well, in hindsight, I did have a follow-up appointment okay. um, where I had a conversation with, with the doctor. Okay. Um, but at that point, you know, it, it was like a week after. Mm -hmm. And... Um, she just said, you know, you gave us quite a scare and sort of made light of it. Uh, I've had that said as well. Yeah. <laughs> I gave you a scare. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. I didn't mean to give you a scare. Yeah. Well, I apologize. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and again, no conversation about yeah. my mental health yeah. or how I was doing right. after that experience that was traumatic. Mm -hmm. um, and she just said, all right, well, you know, I, I had like really low iron, so they had to give me iron pills and then that was it. Just focusing solely on, on the physical aspects. Right. Um, so at that point, I went home and being a student <laughs> in, in grad school, I just started researching. Mm -hmm. And it was at that point I learned about the maternal mortality rates in our country. Mm -hmm and in our state specifically, that we were the second worst in the nation. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked and angry. Mm -hmm. And the way I deal 
with those types of emotions mm-hmm. is I need to do something. Mm-hmm. I need to take action. Um, and so that's how I found the group 2020 mom. Okay. And started to become really involved there because they were doing a lot of advocacy work around maternal mental or maternal mortality at the mm-hmm. time. And um, they, there were a lot of women just sharing stories similar to mine. Mm-hmm. And I connected with them and um, was invited to go to Washington DC to share my story. And I was pretty hesitant because I'd never done anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I knew it was something I had to do for mm-hmm. my healing. I felt like this making meaning out of this is somehow going to help me get better. Right. Um, because I really, I mean, I, I don't know that I had full-on PTSD, but I definitely had symptoms of traumatic stress. I was avoiding the hospital. Mm-hmm. I was avoiding any type of discussion about having other children right? because I just couldn't even imagine the thought. Well, and to go from one night, evening, a, a near-miss experience, mm-hmm. and then just to be released from the hospital the next day, like, you're going to be, okay, you know, you're fine, everything's fine, yeah. and then, but it's not fine because you've had, you've experienced a loss, you've almost lost yourself, and now you have to go back into this life that has just taken a total, you know, left turn. Yeah. Um, without any guardrails or anybody to help support you navigate yeah. back on your path. Yeah. And so it's, yeah, it's just, um, that's why the work that you do and the story that you've shared is so important because it, it can be the guardrail for other moms to be like, okay, well, how am I going to, how am I going to get back? Like there's hope yeah. for me to, you know, kind of, you know, rise up or come back together again um, after they've had such a traumatic experience. Yeah. Um, and one of the, one of the points we talked about maternal, or you talked about maternal mortality briefly, um, one of the committee's recent suggestions to the healthcare system was to stop acting in silos. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. a lot of what ex- you had experienced was a result of uh, practitioners and healthcare systems not communicating yeah. like, oh, you're pregnant, you're having a miscarriage. Like, how is that, you know, yeah, not trusting your own patient yes. um, and not understanding what they're saying. Um, so improving those systems of communication so a mom doesn't have to advocate for herself by herself. Yeah. Um, and so that's why it's important to have, you know, others surrounding us to support us. But, um, Absolutely. yeah, so it's just, uh, it's unfortunately so common um, in our community and in our state yeah. that this is even more, you know, uh, important and powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I appreciate you sharing your story and, you know, so happy you're here. And I know I already shared you had your second son and mm-hmm. you're pregnant with your third. Yes. Um, yes. So very exciting. Um, and what were some things kind of along the way, you know, it, it sounded like you advocated for yourself through a lot of this process and found your own answers. If there's someone who's experiencing something similar or know someone who's experiencing something similar, kind of, and you work with moms all the time, mm-hmm. so what would you say to a mom or what do you say to a mom who is kind of in this, this you know, feeling of feeling alone and lost? I think 
I really encourage just reaching out for support. There are so many wonderful resources out there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just something on a systemic level, you know, providers can even do to help support patients. Just being able to provide some of those resources that are available. There are mm -hmm. so many wonderful online support groups through Postpartum Support International, um, or I frequently give the resource for um, PALS, Pregnancy After Loss Support, okay. for women who are trying to get pregnant again after a loss. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, just finding those spaces where there are other women going through the shared experience, yeah. whether it be loss or a near miss, mm -hmm. or, you know, infertility. Mm -hmm there there are lots of groups out there it's just getting that knowledge yeah. <laughs> out into the public yeah and yeah. that's something i really am trying to do through my work with um, our local maternal mental health coalition mm -hmm. is just getting all those resources to every provider Absolutely. so that everyone who experiences a loss or some type of trauma mm -hmm. um, throughout the pregnancy process knows where to go to get help right and knows how to speak to their patient about how to how to get help as yeah. well. Yeah. So, um, and the coalition that you founded. Yes. Um, so the Muncie Mental Health Maternal Mental Health Coalition. Um, we'll probably we'll have resources available um, after you know after all of this. Mm -hmm. So if a mom is looking for support and resources, she can reach out to the your coalition, yes. Postpartum Support International. Yes. Uh, you can be inspired by the work that 2020 Mom is doing um, at a state level and at a federal level. Yeah. Um, Maternal Mental Health Leadership Alliance is another yeah. good resource. Yes. So we'll make sure that um, you have the resources you need and that you know that this is not like a singled out experience, that mm -hmm. this is something that a lot of moms experience and that together we're trying to, to normal, not normalize, but together we're trying to um, change this conversation surrounding maternal mental health. Yeah. So, so as part of that, I just appreciate you being with us today yeah. um, and sharing your story and just all the work that you do. Thank so, you. I thank really you. appreciate you having me. <laughs>